Welcome to Affirming Our Lane, a podcast by the American Foundation for Firearm Injury Reduction in Medicine. Affirm is the nation's leading nonpartisan network of more than 40,000 healthcare professionals who are committed to reducing firearm injury through research, evidence-based practice, and community partnerships. How did you become involved in the issue of gun violence? So I've been involved in violence prevention, honestly, since I was a teenager. Um, uh, I volunteered, um, I worked on prevention programs during college. Um, and when I finished med school and came to Brown for residency, I very quickly got involved with injury prevention and violence prevention. Um, but I was also told um, as a as I started getting involved in doing research on violence prevention, um, that I couldn't talk about gun violence in particular. Um, I was told that it was too politically controversial and that there was just no funding um, to do work on gun violence prevention. And so that if I wanted to do this work, I, I had to really focus on, on violence more generally. Um, it was after Sandy Hook um, that, that changed for me. Um, you know, I think for many of us and many of the people that you're interviewing, you're going to hear stories of turning points where people decided that they couldn't um, be silent or ignore the problem of firearm injury in particular. Um, and, and for me, Sandy Hook was really that turning point. Um, I remember sitting uh, in our faculty meeting um, when the news about Sandy Hook started coming across my phone. Um, and I remember looking at the story as it developed and seeing the pictures of the kids, you know, leaving um, the school and of the parents being reunited with their kids. And then the pictures of the parents whose kids didn't make it. And my daughter was about to turn four at that time and I sat there and said, oh, my God, you know, if she were a year older and if we lived an hour and a half south, that could have been her in that kindergarten classroom. Um, and I started thinking about all the ways that as I've been working on violence prevention, that gun violence was different, whether it's homicide or suicide or you know, mass shootings. And it was at that moment that I resolved that I couldn't be silent about this issue um, anymore. And that's when I started getting involved with working within the American College of Emergency Physicians, and then the American Medical Association, and then that's what eventually led to um, the founding of a firm. So why do you think this organization is so desperately needed? How do I count the ways? Um, it <laughs> is desperately needed because we are the only group in the United States, the only independent group in the United States that is dedicated to solving gun violence through a public health approach. Um, no one has taken the public health approach to solving this problem, to solving this epidemic um, that has been used to solve other epidemics. We've used the public health approach to deal with HIV AIDS, to reduce smoking, to create solutions to the opioid crisis, and yet our knowledge about firearm injury and how to prevent it remains about the same. What's really unique about a firm is that we're not just dedicated to funding the research we're also dedicated to applying it and to creating real change quickly. Um, we're not just a bunch of kind of 
researchers looking out to try to get more grants, we're looking to create true change in the patterns of this epidemic. And we exist because, you know what, no one else is doing this. Um, and it needs to be done. And we're not going to wait um, for someone else to do it. We can do it ourselves. I think that so much of the country has got mired, has become mired in hopelessness around gun violence and firearm injury. Um, and so much of the country has gotten stuck in kind of the political fight. Now, it's not to say that policies aren't important, um, but they will never be sufficient. And focusing only on policy has gotten us where we are today. Um, we have made very little progress since Sandy Hook. Um, a firm is changing the conversation by making gun violence not a political problem, but a health problem. It's allowing us to focus on preventing injuries and their consequences. Um, and it's changing the conversation by creating means and methods for doing good, high-quality research so that we can take action as a country based off of data and evidence rather than based off of emotion and fear. And it's changing the conversation by allowing affected communities to have a say, not just in what research is done, but also how it's applied. You know, those affected communities are first and foremost clinicians, doctors, nurses, social workers, psychologists, the people who take care of victims of gun violence every day. It's also the community of people who have been victimized. Um, and it's the community of people who are at risk. Um, one thing I'm proud of about Affirm is that we are nonpartisan um, and we are not uh, anti-gun. We are pro-gun safety. You know, my co-founder, Chris Barsati, who I know you're talking to, is a gun owner and rifle safety instructor himself. Um, but together we know that the current culture, the current way of approaching this epidemic is not working. And so what a firm provides that's different is a new path forward um, that allows us to incorporate the voices of the folks that are affected and then create solutions that can actually work to, to change the patterns of this epidemic. We need evidence. You know, I, I often use the analogy of, of the D.A.R.E. program, um, which I participated in as a kid. Hopefully you didn't. Um, it's a, it was a program of like, just say no to drugs. And you know what? It was shown to increase substance use among kids that participated in it. Yeah, we don't want to do that for gun violence. We can't afford to have more people injured or killed. Um, we need to come up with solutions really? that actually work. And sometimes the things that we think are going to make a difference don't or have a negative effect. Sometimes there are things that we would never have thought of that are essential to changing the patterns of the epidemic. We owe it to our communities, our patients, our families, our kids to insist on solutions that have evidence behind them. Um, and, and that's where research is critical. Can you give me an example of a research question that would be helpful for a doctor to find an answer to? There is going to be no one single solution. The American gun violence epidemic is multifaceted, right? There's a lot of different parts to it. There's suicide, homicide, domestic violence, mass shootings, unintentional injuries. There's rural injuries, urban injuries. 
each of those is likely going to require a slightly different prevention lens. Um, and those are all outlined in the various research agendas that are out there. They've been published by the Institute of Medicine back uh, after Sandy Hook. Um, we had one published from Emergency Medicine uh, in 2017. The American College of Surgeons has published a research agenda. And most recently, we published um, a research agenda or specifically around um, adolescents and children that was created through the FACTS Consortium. Um, and that was published just this year. Um, so if for folks who have an interest in really delving into what research could look like, those are some great places to go. Um, but one question that I would love to have an answer to is what is the best way for a physician to identify who's at risk of firearm injury and then to counsel that patient or their family? Right? That sounds like a really simple question and it sounds crazy that we don't know the answer to that. But it takes research to say what's the best way of identifying who's at risk, right? It's you don't want to just say mm -hmm. we're gonna. It's every guy who's at risk, or it's every teen. Um, or we want to think about kind of who we need to talk to about firearm injury, and then how best to counsel them to actually create behavior change. Again, here I'll use an analogy. In the area of um, uh, kind of counseling around alcohol use, um, risky alcohol use, we have found through research that telling people, for instance, you have to stop drinking or you're going to die, um, doesn't work. Those kind of scared straight tactics actually do harm. Um, and instead, we, through research, have created really effective ways of getting people to decrease um, drinking and uh, you know, change smoking patterns and practice safer sex. And I think the same thing is going to be true for firearm injury, that we're going to find that folks who are at risk of injury um, do better with certain types of counseling than others. So that's an answer of, of one project that, again, sounds really simple, um, but it sounds like, well, of course, we should know the answer, and we should, but we need just a little bit of research funding to get there. Do you have any personal stories that you can share about why this topic really matters? Learning how to save um, victims of firearm injury is something that is drilled into us during our training. Um, and so I have so many stories um, of patients who came through my door who I either saved or couldn't. You know, one of the things that's toughest um, about gun violence is that so often by the time the patient gets to us, um, they're not able to be saved. There are, of course, a few stories that stick with me. Um, you know, there was a young man that I took care of many years ago um, who shot himself uh, with his father's firearm and I couldn't save him. And I always wonder, you know, what if, what if he hadn't had access to his dad's gun in that moment of impulsivity? You know, what did this kid have ahead of him in his life? And what could we have done to prevent that? I have stories of victims of domestic violence who were shot and killed despite restraining orders against their partners um, because their partners still had firearms. Again, those ones drive me to wonder what could we have done differently? How could we have helped that woman to stay alive for her sake and her kids? And I have stories of folks who were barely injured, but 
suffered lifelong post-traumatic stress and anxiety as a result of having been shot. You know, people who got a flesh wound um, from a drive-by shooting, but then ended up in the ER again and again because they may have had very few physical scars, but their emotional life was forever changed. Um, I could go on. (laughs) There are a lot of them. What makes you optimistic about changing the problem of gun violence in America when it is easy to think that the problem is too far gone? Affirm makes me optimistic about uh, changing gun violence in America. And that sounds Mm. glib, but um, truly, we have made a discussion of gun violence as a public health problem become part of the way that the media and the public is beginning to approach this problem. We are creating a new way forwards and watching the swell of support from medical organizations, from community groups, and from private donors um, who are committed to this solution, regardless of their political bent, that gives me hope. The fact that we have succeeded in bringing together researchers, clinicians, community members, Um, to create solutions together, um, that gives me hope. Um, And looking at the preliminary evidence for some of the solutions that are being created, that gives me hope too. Knowing that we are doing this um, now uh, and that we don't need to wait for some elected official to decide to take action, that gives me hope. I am confident, Mira, that we can together change the patterns of this epidemic in the United States. I know that we can decrease gun violence deaths by more than 50% in the next five years by applying this public health approach. And I'm just so enthused to have the collaboration and support of so many folks across the United States who also believe in this. Um, and, and I just, uh, it's a wonderful thing to be able to go home to my kids at night and tell them that we're making a difference and that we're going to make their schools safer and their community safer. Um, so that's why I have hope.